This program is brought to you by W. W. Norton and Company, publishers of Poetry Unbound by Patrick Otuma. Now in paperback and featuring immersive reflections on 50 powerful poems. Welcome to the guest editor Q&A, hosted by the Academy of American Poets. I'm Mary Sutton, senior content editor at the Academy, and I'm here today with author Z. Author is the author of The Glass Constellations, <laughs> New and Collected Poems, and Sightlines. Author, welcome, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you. All right, so let's jump right into it. How did you approach curating Poem A Day? I started by considering poets who are also translators. And it seems to me it's a particularly rich period right now in American poetry when so many poets are also uh, practicing translators. And I was interested in considering how translation work might influence their own poetry, whether it would be overt or um, in sort of subtle influences. And in this month's group of poets, they are poets who translate from ancient Chinese, modern Chinese, ancient Greek, Spanish, French, and Muscogee. So that's a quite wide and interesting range. I also wanted to include some poets who had never had the opportunity to be included in Poma Day before. And I also wanted to reach out to poets with um, just very uh, distinctive styles. Uh, it seems to me one of the great things about American poetry right now is its energy and diversity. And in many ways, I was looking uh, to curate or to search for many different kinds of poems. Now, some of our readers may know that uh, you are a poet who has translated uh, poetry from Chinese, uh, particularly for your book, Silk Dragon, Translations from the Chinese, uh, published by Copper Canyon Press. Can you talk a, a bit about how your own work in translation has influenced your poetic style? My work in translation has been really important to my own work as a poet. I um, didn't go to graduate school, and I oftentimes feel like I learned my craft through translating ancient Chinese poems. It wasn't something I planned, but uh, I just love these ancient poems. And in translating them, I feel like I learned my craft because I got to think about how these poems were constructed. And over time, I discovered that when I finished a book of my own poetry, I oftentimes felt exhausted and wasn't sure what to do next. And that was a really fruitful time to turn to translation and to look at someone else's work and uh, sort of dive into their kind of worldview and their vision and world 
And so poets from other time periods in China came to me. And over time, those translations uh, gave me many ideas for my own poetry. Interesting. If you could direct readers to one poem in our collection at poets.org that you haven't curated, what would it be and why? I would direct readers to the poem Prayer by Jory Graham. And it's a short poem. It's a marvelous poem that begins with observing a stream of minnows. And I love how it moves from the visible to the invisible world, how in its syntax it enacts a kind of swaying and large, deep, generous uh, vision of life. And um, she gets to say really large, fundamentally powerful things that are harnessed uh, that come by surprise through looking uh, again at this stream of minnows. And I find it a, a marvelous poem. So I want to send readers to that. Yes, and that poem is part of our permanent archive on poets.org. Author, who are you reading right now? I'm enjoying reading Adrian Matika's new book, Somebody Else Sold the World. And it's easy to point to musicality and improvisation as signature strengths of his. But I'm also interested in, um, in reading through the poems, thinking about the architecture and how certain patterns repeat. Uh, the opening section called Sung Entropy is such a marvelous um, way to open a book, the idea of singing and chaos and disorder and um, sort of confronting the shambles of our time to sort of make some kind of song or order or poetry out of it. Um, it's really lovely. Uh, some of our listeners and readers may know that Adrian Mateka uh, was recently made poetry editor uh, at Poetry Magazine this year. Uh, author, what are you working on now in your writing, teaching, or publishing life? Well, I just completed a sequel to my book of translations of Chinese poetry. The Silk Dragon came out in 2001, so that's over 20 years ago. And that book ended with um, commune poems from China in the 1950s, and I've always been dissatisfied with how that book ended. And over the last 20 years, I've um, had the wonderful opportunity to meet many leading poets in China, Taiwan, and other countries. And over time, I've translated their poems. So I've included 14 new contemporary um, poems um, by these poets. And I've also added three classical Chinese poems. So that book, The Silk Dragon Two translations of Chinese poetry will be published by Copper Canyon in the spring of 2024. And uh, I'm also working steadily on uh, completing a new book of poetry. Sounds wonderful. I'd like to talk a bit more, uh, if we can, about your work in Chinese diasporic poetry or the promotion of Chinese diasporic poetry. Um, scholars such as uh, Ben Zizhang, and uh, Shelley Chan have written about uh, the Chinese diaspora as being less nation-centered and monolithic, as is often perceived, uh, and instead, you know, multivalent, polyglot, and offering room for cultural uh, differences. 
Would, would you agree with this view? And might that explain why your first collection of translations felt incomplete when you stopped at those uh, commune poems in the from the 1950s? Yes, I, I agree with that. Uh, just in terms of personal background, uh, my parents were immigrants from China. I grew up in New York City and I spoke Mandarin Chinese. Um, so I've always felt this kind of um, East and West, the pull of ancient Chinese culture, though I'm writing in English. Um, and I think the situation for Chinese poetry and Chinese diaspora is a complex one because of the history of the political situation all through the 20th century. So there are wonderful poets writing in Taiwan. There are poets who chose to leave China because of uh, the political situation who live in Germany or the United States or elsewhere now. And so there's a kind of very loose um, conversation happening between these poets. And I would say the poets are um, extremely international and uh, I like the word multivalent that you used because it seems to me the Chinese poetry situation right now is very fluid. The poets are very aware of poetry in other languages and other cultures. It isn't ethnocentric. Many of the contemporary poets are influenced, highly influenced by Western poetry, Russian poetry, American poetry for sure. So it's the kind of... Um, grab bag, it's sort of a, a very unusual but wonderful situation. It sounds great. Thank you so much, Arthur, for participating in this conversation with me. You're welcome. My pleasure. Poem a Day is the original daily poetry series featuring new poems by today's poets. Produced by the Academy of American Poets, this free digital series is made possible by you, our readers and listeners. Learn more about Poem a Day, and if you can, please consider supporting this work by visiting poets.org give.